Hello, and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm very pleased to have you with me today. Today's guest is the author of over a dozen books on modern witchcraft, including The Little Book of Cat Magic and Everyday Witchcraft, and her new book, The Everyday Witch's Coven. She has also written three paranormal romance and urban fantasy series for Berkeley, and her cozy mystery series launched with Forbidden Fatality in 2021. Please welcome Deborah Blake. Hi, Deborah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. So would you like to start with uh, introducing yourself, telling us where you're from, all those, you know, basic stuff? Um, sure. Uh, I, I live in upstate New York uh, with five cats who boss me around all the time. I have been a practicing witch for... I don't know, a bunch of like almost 30 years now, maybe I actually came to it fairly, fairly late. I'm in my early 60s now and I came to it in my late 30s. It was a late bloomer. Yeah, you know, so I, I um, have been writing books. My first book came out in 2007. Almost all of them are with Llewellyn. I had I had one with somebody else. Um, and I've, I have a tarot deck and an oracle deck and I'm working on another oracle deck. Um, and you know, you'll notice that in, in a lot of my books, it's the everyday witch something. And that's, mm -hmm. that's pretty much my approach, um, is that witchcraft is a part of your everyday life. It isn't just something you do at full moons and holidays. Mm -hmm. It's how you walk your talk and um, how you cope with things and, you know, how you look at the world. So all of my books have some element of that. I, you know, just have different, different topics and approaches and things. Right. Um, well, I just re uh, read your most recent book, um, The Everyday Witches uh, Coven, and I absolutely love it. No, thank you. Very great book. That's one of the biggest questions I have on my podcast is, you know, how do I join a coven? What is a coven? You know, this, that, and the other. So this was actually perfect. I just recently uh, posted an episode on covens and discussed the book. Oh, cool. So it's a great, it's a great resource for new coveners. <laughs> well, new coveners and, and also, you know, people who've been practicing for a while, but, you know, maybe they want to start their own coven. You know, maybe they've been in somebody else's coven. I mean, that's how I started. Mm -hmm. I, I spent, yeah. you know, the first, first, about five and a half, six years, um, practicing with a coven. You know, I had a high priestess and she taught me a lot of stuff, you know, very grateful. Uh, and then there came a point where, you know, I, I went to her and said, okay, I think I'm ready to do my year in a day. It was a, not a traditional Wiccan coven, but she had been, you know, taught in a traditional Wiccan coven. So it was pretty Wiccan flavored. Mm -hmm. um, didn't have a high priest. We didn't have levels, but, you know, I did say, okay, you know, what, what should I do to train to do this? You know, and, and so, you know, she had me lead some rituals, both public ones and, and, you know, ones that were just for us and read extra books. And, you know, there was homework. Um, <laughs> and then when I left that group, I, I waited about nine months before starting my own because it just, the time just wasn't right, you know, and then eventually the gods went, okay, now these people, and it, you know, it was great. Mm -hmm. um, 
And my first book for Llewellyn actually was a book on covens. It was Circle, Coven, and Grove, um, which I'm very excited to say it's been out of print for a little while and Crossed Crow Books is putting it back out again, both in paperback and a hardcover, which is very exciting. So yeah, so people are going to be able to get that. It's actually up for pre-order already. Um, but yeah, so when I wrote Circle, Coven, and Grove, um, basically I wrote the book that I wanted as a newbie high priestess that I wished I'd had for the first year of leading the coven. I wrote it based on the experience of my first year. Yeah, you know, There was a year's worth of rituals, full moons, new moons, mm-hmm. uh, Sabbaths, and some like advice and do's and don'ts and things like that. And you know, a couple of years ago, because it takes a couple of years for a book to come out from the idea to the, you know, everything else. Um, I thought, oh, Mia, maybe I should write a follow-up book for that. Cause people are always asking me about coven things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I, you know, COVID happened. Uh, you probably didn't notice there was this thing, uh, <laughs> the world and, you know, it changed the way my group practiced. It changed the way I practiced. And, you know, there had been some gradual changes all along. And what I realized was that I didn't want to write a, like a companion book. What I wanted to write was a book based on how I practice now. And also, you know, things have changed in the witchcraft community since 2005, when I wrote Mm -hmm. that book, I mean, you know, it's a, yeah, witchcraft is a growing, evolving spiritual path, which is one of the things I love about it. It mm-hmm. isn't static and stuck 200 years ago. It's, you know, the difference between now and 20 years ago, things are very different. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some things that are the same and some people practice the same way, but not everybody does. And so what I did with the new book was, first of all, Obviously, I, I've now been leading a coven since 2004 instead of just for a year. If Believe it or not, Blue Moon Circle, my coven is still together. We oh, have wow. people come and go, but the original folks are still there, which is, yeah, that's pretty unusual. Um, so I must be doing something right. I don't know what. Um, you'll have to read the book to find out. That's right. Uh, but, um, you know, I've learned a lot more about what to do, what not to do. I get it. There's, there's more of the advice portion than there was in the first book. Cause in the mm-hmm. first book, I, you know, I, I, I could tell you, well, this is ritual etiquette kind of things, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't say, Ooh, watch out for this. And you're really going to want to be careful about that and make right. sure you think about this, this, and this before you start a coven with people. And maybe you should all talk to each other first uh, and make sure you're on the same page kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, the subtitle of the book is um, Spells and Practice and Rituals. I don't, it's not sitting right Rituals next. and Magic for Two or More. Thank you. Rituals <laughs> and Magic for Two or More. I've written a lot of books. I have a lot of subtitles in my head. That's um, fair. <laughs> uh, but the reason for that is because we used to think about covens as large groups mm-hmm. and some of them still are, but mine started out actually as three, which is why it was named blue moon circle because mm-hmm. uh, if one of us couldn't come, we didn't get together. So we only got together once in a blue moon. Oh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so yeah, That's, that's actually how we got our name. 
But I have a friend out in California who has been practicing with one other person, the same one other person, for many years. They are a coven of two. I mean, they started out in a bigger coven. The coven blew up and went away. Mm -hmm. And they continued practicing together. And we talk a lot, you know, about their practice. And it's, you know, they have a slightly different approach because there's just two of them. I still would consider them to be a coven. And then there's my stepdaughter who also lives in California in a different place. And what she has is sort of a loose group of people who get together periodically when somebody goes, hey, let's do a ritual. Mm -hmm. And she usually leads it, but it might be somebody else. And and they tend to be much more laid back about things because they're not an organized coven. But that is still a group of people who gets together. So one of the things that I addressed in this book that I didn't address in the original one was all the different approaches you know, all the different ways that you can practice with others. Um, Because the, you know, the variety is huge. You know, Circle, Covenant, and Grove was mostly very traditional. You know, the high priest says this, the high priestess says that. And I did say things like, well, if you don't have one or the other, one person could do it or you could take turns or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was very much a traditional or what was traditional at that point, Covenant. Mm -hmm. And this book is a lot more, well, if this doesn't work for you, try this and right. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. You, you discussed, uh, I believe your, your stepdaughter and your friend in California in the book as well. Yep. I actually asked them to tell me, you know, what do you do? How does this work for you? You know, why, how is it different? You know, my stepdaughter actually used to be a part of my coven when she still lived, lived in snowy upstate New York before she ran away to lovely California. (laughs) Um, And, you know, so she knew, you know, how our practice worked. And I said, well, how is it different? And how do you do things? And yeah, you know, it was really fascinating to me to get these glimpses of the wide range of ways to practice. Yeah, that's great. And I I enjoyed reading about it. It was really wonderful. Um, You know what we skipped? Uh Uh-oh, what did we skip? (laughs) Nothing. It's okay. I skipped it. I always start out with, what are you drinking? I do want to discuss that. What are you drinking today? (laughs) Well, right this very minute, I am drinking water and I'm watching the clock. And when it hits five, I do have a glass of wine. If we're still talking at five o'clock, then I get to have my glass of wine. That's so funny. I love that. I try and and like have some sort of cutoff between the work day and the not work day, Mm. even though I don't go out to a day job anymore. Right. And I work in the evening. I mean, I write in the evening quite often. So it's really sort of ridiculous, but but, you know, it's like, it's either that or I'm going to start with the wine at 10 in the morning. And that's probably not a good idea. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're just going to arbitrarily say five o'clock. So do you find that uh, if you have a glass of wine, wine, that writing is a little bit easier for you? But it depends. I know that's not helpful. Uh, first <laughs> of all, it depends on what it is I'm trying to write. For nonfiction, which takes less creativity for me it probably is um as long as they stick to the one glass if once mm-hmm. i get past the one glass you know then i'm just like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then you have to rewrite um, 
for for fiction, I actually really need to be f completely focused and um, uh, yeah. So what I what I tend to do is I have my wine with dinner, so I'll, I'll write in the morning for a chunk of time or the early afternoon. I'll you know take a break uh, in the afternoon, you know, feed the cats, take a nap, uh, you know, and then I'll have my dinner and I'll have my couple of glasses of wine with dinner, and then that's my sort of relaxed time. And then when the wine wears off, then I go back to writing. The reason I ask is when I um, so I went to school to be a writer. When I was writing for my my class, I always found that if I had one glass of wine, I mm -hmm. would uh, I would stop second guessing myself. Yeah, and I would write much better. <laughs> well, and and I actually find if I'm doing something like revisions, editing that doesn't take as much focus, but it. I mean, I still have to be, you know, I still have to be able to think, but right. I'm not putting things on the page so much, it, you know, new things. I'm just polishing the things that are already mm -hmm. on the page. And then, yes, the glass of wine is actually very nice. And I also, I have fibromyalgia, which means I'm always mm -hmm. in pain. And there are some days where the pain levels are so bad that it's hard to be creative in any way. And then having the glass of wine sort of take the edge off the pain, mm -hmm. um, you know, that actually is, can be helpful too. So yeah, it, it really varies on, on what I'm doing. Mostly, I'm going to say I find the glass of wine very helpful, period. <laughs> it's organic. It's health food. That's right. It's it's grape juice. <laughs> it's fruit. It's fruit. That's right. <laughs> Unless I'm drinking beer, in which case it's grain. That's right. <laughs> um. So... What are you reading currently? Are you do you do you find time to read outside of I your do. Writing? I I love to read. I I don't understand authors who say to me, "Oh, I don't have time to read." I'm like, "If you love books enough to write them, how can you not be reading?" And especially with fiction, you need to read to see what's happening in the whatever field you're writing in. And right. although that's true for nonfiction too, but um, since mine is mostly based on my practice and less on research, that's not it. But, you know, like right now I'm actually starting to work on a new novel, which is magical realism. So I'm trying to read some magical realism books to find out what other people are doing, partially so mm -hmm. I don't do the same thing. And also because it inspires me and gives me ideas. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I have uh, two times a day that I read usually. I read with breakfast in the morning. And that is usually a paper book, you know, hardcover, paperback, mm -hmm. whatever. I uh, hold it in my handbook, partially so I can use it to swat the cat away from my food. <laughs> um, and then I read at night right before bed. You know, I go get to bed in, with my Kindle because I my eyes get tired. Just, mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time looking at print um, and I'm old, uh, older. Uh, so yeah, in the evening I've got my Kindle book. And so I have, you know, usually one book going on one and another book going on another. And I try not to read things that are too close because then I get confused about which book <laughs> I'm reading. And, and I have some nonfiction books that I tend to, with nonfiction, I'll pick up something, read a little bit. You know, I, I don't necessarily sit down and read a whole book start to finish like I do with, with fiction books. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, right now, what am I reading? Uh, uh, my, my breakfast book is called Sorry I Missed You. And it's, um, 
I guess you'd call it women's fiction with a hint of magical realism. It was something my agent said, oh, you might like this. Um, and uh, and I'm not sure if I do or not. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, she's, she's, well, I, I think it was more of a, of a homework book. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. this is, this is what's popular. This is, you know, see what's, what's out there kind of thing. Um, and, and uh, what am I reading with nonfiction? I've actually just finished reading, writing my second Llewellyn's little book of, I don't know if you've seen these, they're really adorable little hardcover books. Mm -hmm. So adorable. And um, so I, I, my next book out is actually going to be Llewellyn's little book of witchcraft. Okay. I don't know why they thought of me to write that. They, you know, they have like the little book of moon spells and the little mm -hmm. book of day of the dead. I mean, really, really informational, cool little bites of books. And because I was writing one, the one I just finished and handed in at the beginning of this week. Yeah. Yeah, my goal was to finish it at the by the end of April, and I got COVID in April, um, and so I was a little bit behind. But I did I turned it in on the first of May, so it was, it was my Beltane, my Beltane gift to my editor, who's like, here, have have work, um, and that was the little book of spellcraft. So I've been okay. reading, you know, my books on spells, and you know, other people's books on spells and things mm -hmm. just to to make sure that I, a, again, was not duplicating things too much. And of course I talked about spellcraft in the little book of witchcraft. And I'm like, well, crap, I already talked about that. That was dumb. <laughs> why, did I, why did I do that? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that you're writing those. I, I have, I have a few of them. And yeah, I, I have, I think I have six or seven that, the, you know, my editor, Alicia Gallo, who I love and adore, um sent me so i could see how they worked and and so one of the things i'm going to do because the the little book of witchcraft is coming out in september which suddenly is like around the corner um, oh my gosh i know uh, yeah but i'm i'm gonna start because i have a newsletter and i'm gonna start like giving away a book a month to like my newsletter people oh, to, nice. uh, for you know of of this collection i now have um, I don't need to keep all of them. I'll keep some of them, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I don't really need the little book of moon spells because I, I have my own books of moon spells. Right. Right. Yeah. I, um, because I get, I do interviews and I, I, right. I you get uh, all the books. I get all the books. So I do, I give away a lot. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. And I actually, you know, if, if there's something that I have had on my shelves for a while and, feel like I've either outgrown it or I used it for whatever research I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I find some witchy person and just go, Hey, do you want this? My, one of the women in my coven, her daughter has been coming literally since she was in the womb. That's how long this group has been together. Wow. And she's 16 now and she's still interested. And so I passed a lot of my books down to her, um, which was, which was very cool. She's my goddess daughter. Um, mm -hmm. I was literally there when she was born um, and I married her parents. So yeah, she's oh, nice. anything that goes wrong with that kid. She's at least partially my fault. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I love that though. That's great that you guys have been together so long and it's interesting to see what the young, uh, younger crowd mm -hmm. 
uh, sees in witchcraft. My daughter is 16. And so I, her practice is guided by mine, but she's very, very different. Well, and my stepdaughter, I don't know how this is possible. She's now 41, but you know, and I was very careful when she was a teenager to let her make her own decision about Mm -hmm. whether this is where her interests lay or not. It turned out they did. And she's a lifelong witch, but, um, you know, when she started asking to, to come to circle, I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, and yeah, her practice of witchcraft is not the same as mine. It's, Mm -hmm. it has some flavors of my things because that was, you know, what she was taught, but some of this stuff, she's very, she's an artist, you know, among Mm -hmm. other things. And so, you know, she and her folks do artsy things a lot. I mean, we do crafty things. We were mm-hmm. all like you know, crafty sort of people, but they will actually do artwork as a part of ritual, which I just think is so damn cool. That's very cool. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Uh, that's the way uh, Laura Tempest Sackroff is. She's mm-hmm. very art oriented. Do you have a, I know that it's, it's a hard ask, do you have a favorite metaphysical occult book or author? Well, I have a couple. Again, okay. I, I mean, I, I have two books that I would say really guided me when I was starting out, really like helped me get my mind around the more esoteric parts of witchcraft, not just the go out and like the candle thing. Mm-hmm. And that was um, Skyhawk. Or Starhawk, 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 Starhawk uh-huh. the Spiral Path, which, oh, yeah. you know, I think honestly should be required reading for everybody. You don't necessarily have to stick with whatever she says, but she's mm-hmm. very wise. You know? Yes. I've yeah. met her. She's a very interesting woman. Um, but uh, yeah. And my second one was uh, Marion Weinstein, who I unfortunately never did get to meet. And she is, she's now gone. Um and her positive magic, I, I loved this, the, her idea of, of how important the positive nature of it was. And that has really colored my practice and how I do things. Um, as far as favorite authors in general, mm-hmm. Dorothy Morrison, I love Dorothy Morrison. I mean, she's just good, good practical down-to-earth magic um Mm -hmm. scott cunningham you know i still use him as a reference book Mm -hmm. in fact i just talked about things i was reading um there is a new book coming out from wiser that judica isles who's the publisher there Mm -hmm. she knows me and she asked me if i would give a blurb for this new book that's coming out um, that's a biography of mm-hmm. Scott Cunningham's life written by his sister. And, oh, wow. you know, I, I've used his books for years and there are some places where I agree, some places where I don't agree, but I never mm-hmm. felt a connection. I mean, he was gone before I was out in the community, you know, meeting people as an author. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really felt that human connection. And this book really shows you who he is and, and, just even the introduction and the foreword, which was, you know, um, really well written um, at, by, you know, a, a modern, you know, recent author, uh, Matt Aaron. Aaron Matt Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and oh, my God, if you read this foreword, you would cry. I was like, 
all, it was like I hadn't even gotten into the book and I was already like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it really showed you how much he changed the witchcraft world because he made it acceptable to be solitary. You know, up until that point, if you weren't in a coven, if you weren't, you know, mm-hmm. de- you know, dedicated by somebody who came before you, blah, blah, blah. I, and I hadn't really thought about that because by the time mm-hmm. I started doing it, we were already in that portion mm-hmm. of the program. So, you know, I like, I, I find his, you know, the, his, his, um, w- Wicca for the solitary practitioner. That mm-hmm. was another one of my introductory learning books and yes, I've in some ways moved beyond some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't, I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think the modern generation tends to sort of poo-poo him as being superficial or something, and I don't think, I don't think they get what he did. Yeah, I think that a lot of times the modern generation thinks that the older books are, right. are just way behind the times, but that for me they're foundational and they're they're the reason that we're able to have what we have now so well they're foundational and the essence of a witchcraft practice hasn't changed i mean Mm -hmm. yes our approach to it may have changed and the way we look at certain things may have changed but witchcraft is still witchcraft yeah and so you know i i think that you know those books but yeah, I think the word foundational is really important there. Those books that I mentioned, that was where I started. That was my foundation of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've I have read some fabulous and fascinating authors since then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, really love them. But without that early foundation, I would not be the witch I am today. Yeah, I, I completely agree and understand. And I'm glad that that you put it that way. Um, so we're going to switch it up a little bit from, um, metaphysical. Do you have a favorite book or book series in the mundane world? Well, I have a favorite author. Actually, of course I have a number of favorite authors. I have many favorite (laughs) authors. Oh my God. You know, it's like, whose book am I reading this week? There's a woman named Jennifer Crusey who, um, writes humorous romance and, And she, yeah, she she actually hasn't had a book out in a number of years. She's finally getting back to to working on it, and hopefully we'll have something soon. I I follow her blog, and I'm actually very lucky to be able to be a beta reader for some of her books, so I get oh nice. But I love romantic comedy. I mean, that's I like it in the movies. I like it in mm-hmm. books. If it's well done, it's really hard to get right. You know, humor is tricky anyway. But I love yeah. this stuff. I actually have a couple of British authors. There is a woman named Katie Ford with two Fs, Katie F- F- Ford, mm-hmm. um, who writes, you know, romance for, you know, adults, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And it's not, you know, super sexy or which, you know, if that's what you like, that's great. I like I like books that I can escape into. Mm-hmm. I I, for a long time, I read a lot of urban fantasy. I read like the Harry Dresden books. I have a cat named Harry Dresden. Um, <laughs> and and when COVID hit, I could not read the dark books anymore. Right. I couldn't watch the dark TV anymore. And, you know, I have a stack of some of my favorite urban fantasy authors that are waiting for me to feel like I 
I'm strong enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And in the meanwhile, I'm reading, you know, cozy mysteries and yeah, romances and, and mostly things that are not super deep because I, I need a cookie, not a steak. You know? Yeah. I really love cozy mysteries. I think they're my, probably my favorite genre right now, uh, just because they're fun and they're like, like candy. Right. And yeah. A great I, book just to. I say they're the cupcake, not the meal, you know, yeah. but, but sometimes you need a cupcake, you know, yeah. in the last two years. And of course, because I wrote my trilogy of cozy mysteries, I had to read a lot for research. I had to, it's not mm-hmm. my fault. Um, and it was very interesting because there were a whole bunch I did not like, but the mm-hmm. ones that I liked the, my favorites they're on my auto buy list. You know, as soon as a book comes out from that author, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to go get it. And a lot of them have animals in it. My cozies have have animals. Um, they were actually inspired by um, my local indie shelter where I got three of my five cats. Um, and I give them a little bit of the proceeds from every book. Um, and oh, that's and, wonderful. Yeah. Well, basically, my, my deal is, okay, now I'm going to give you money just no more cats you can't give me i'm not taking any more cats that fostering thing didn't work for me no that's like i can't no here's take some money give me the i i do because people know that the books are were inspired by them based pretty loosely on them um i give them signed copies to give away or mm-hmm. to, you know, raffle or you know whatever but um yeah <laughs> no more cats five's five's good five yeah. makes me an official crazy cat lady that's enough <laughs> my house is not that large that's awesome i love it <laughs> um so we're gonna switch it up again i want to talk about the books that you've written um that's i know you said that you you didn't dislike writing any of them but were were any of your books um did you have any troublemakers troublemakers <laughs> Well, I have one fiction book that was like the hardest book I ever wrote. It just fought me the whole way. But the nonfiction, um, I don't think I had any that were more difficult. There were some that took a little bit more research. Mm -hmm. Um, Modern Witchcraft, which was the book that I wrote for... um, Not Llewellyn. Who is that? St. Martin's Press. Um, That one has a lot... it's, It's a book of goddess empowerment for Mm -hmm. a kick-ass modern woman and i did a ton of research on on goddesses i mean it's not like Mm -hmm. i don't have goddess books and you know i but to to have Mm -hmm. it you know all put into one place and organized and all that kind of stuff because i don't tend to do a lot of research most of my books are me talking about what i i think you should do here this is my brilliant wise advice for you it came (laughs) out of my head i didn't have to research (laughs) nothing um so, so that one was a lot of work. And then sadly it came out in March of 2020 mm. and sank like a stone because it was March of 2020 and people yeah. were not going to bookstores and they were not, you know, yeah, it was, it was very, very not good timing. I, I mean, I have friends who had both fiction and nonfiction that came out at the beginning of the pandemic and other than the few authors who are big enough names that they're, they're auto buys for people and mm-hmm. they were comfort food for people. Yeah. You know, publishing really took a hit. So, yeah. so that was, that one was, was, 
And I was writing for a different audience because the all the books for Llewellyn are for people who are either already practicing witches or know they're seriously interested. Mm-hmm. And this book for St. Martin Press for, you know, they had this particular line called um, St. Martin's Essentials, which is a whole variety of new age and spiritual things. I mean, they have yoga books, they have, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. I think mine was, they had a few witchcraft books, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to write that book for people who maybe knew nothing and yet, you know, hopefully it would catch them and make them interested. So I had right. to do a whole lot of the basic, you know, this is what witchcraft is and this is where it came from. Mm-hmm. Here's the history and here's how it's being practiced now. And, you know, here's how you can use it to empower yourself. Oh, and here's how you can really use goddesses to empower yourself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was probably the most challenging of them all. You know, I I was very pleased with the results, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just cranky that not nearly enough people have seen it. Modern right. witchcraft, go out and find it. It's got a really pretty purple cover. Um, all right, we, I will put it on my uh, resources page, as I always do. You. Um, but, yeah, in general... You know, I mean, writing is hard. It's a lot of work. Um, but most of the books, uh, you know, I I hit a portion where it'll fight me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that usually has more to do with me than the book. Right. Right. Um, do you have a favorite one that you've written? I have two. Well, three. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The, the goddess is in the details is, I, you know, I think it's what you would call the book of my heart. That mm-hmm. was the one that instead of being sort of a one-on-one introductory book, and there was my third book. So it came out quite some time ago. And I think it's on its like 14th printing, something oh, like wow. that, because it's also many other people's favorite book. And what it talks about is how to integrate your spiritual beliefs as a witch with your everyday life, how to walk your talk. I mean, I talk about things like composting. I talk about how to be a witch in a family. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if your family does practice, if your family doesn't practice, if you're in the closet, if you're not in the closet, you know, things that people deal with all the time as witches, but that a lot of books don't necessarily address. It isn't, you know, I talked a little bit about holidays and full moons and things. Mm-hmm. And I talked about some of the philosophy and the beliefs of witchcraft and things like that. So that one, you know, that's one of my favorites. The Little Book of Cat Magic. I mean, it's the Little Book of Cat Magic. And it was the last book that was co-written by my cat magic, <laughs> Magic the Cat Queen of the Universe, Um yeah, that was her full title and she wanted you to use it. And she was my familiar. She's the only cat that I've, of all the cats I've ever had, she was the only true familiar. And um, she, you know, would sometimes, you know, add things to books that were, it was like, this is what magic says and you know, mm-hmm. advice from magic. And that was not only a book that was, you know, dedicated to her, it was the last book that she was alive for she actually 
passed before it came out, which was made that whole release sort of bittersweet. Yeah, but, sure. But, but she lived on through that book and through all yeah. of the people who got to know her through my you know social media and as where she was more popular than I was. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so 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 that's another one that's that's really got a special place in my heart. And uh, yeah, and and it's you know if you're a cat lover, you know the little book Cat Magic. What's not to like? That's right. That's right. That's great. We'll have to pick that up. I don't have cats. I have dogs, but um, I love. I cats. like dogs too. I just don't know them well enough to write a little bit of. But that's dog magic. That's fair. That's fair. Well, so what do you I don't think I know them well enough to do somebody that. Somebody had actually written the little book of dog magic. In fact, there's a story behind the little book of cat magic, which is a really funny. My editor um, was said, I'm sending you a late birthday present. You're either going to love it or hate it. And I'm like, what the heck is she talking about? So I walk <laughs> out to the mailbox one day and it was about this time of year, actually, because my birthday's at the end of April, very Taurus. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I could feel the package is clearly a book. And so I'm walking up my driveway and opening up the package and it's the little book of dog magic. And I'm like, what on <laughs> earth is she sending me the little book of dog magic? She knows I don't have dogs. She doesn't have dogs. And, you know, she had the, my birthday card and in said, it said, it said, wouldn't you like to write the little book of cat magic? You know, you want to. This was when my fiction career was taking off and I had told her I need to cut back. You know, I'd been writing two books a year for Llewellyn and I'm like, I, you know, I can only do one novel and one, you know, right. and, and I'm literally cracking up hysterically as I'm walking up the driveway. It's good. I don't have close neighbors. Um, <laughs> And, and she was right. How can I not write the little book of, you know, who else was going to write that book, but me, nobody, that would not, you know, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that she sent me the little book of dog magic, you know, as part of the, and yeah, so that was, that was how that came about. That's awesome. That's a great story. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so we've talked about your practice a little bit, a little bit already, but so if you had an, if you were only allowed to choose three things to put on your altar, what would they be? Um, a candle. I, I do a lot of spells where I just light a candle and say the spell or speak to the gods or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's I, I, I can be very simple. Um, probably some sort of crystal. I, mm -hmm. I'm a, a rock junkie. I have crystals everywhere. I have a cabinet full of crystals. I, I do love my rocks. So it would probably be a crystal and a candle and then something to represent whatever I was working on at the time, you know, spiritually or, um, you know, sometimes when I'm working on a book, I, I put things like, that to inspire the book kind of things mm -hmm. right now i actually have the high priestess card from my tarot deck well not okay. the actual card of, uh, i i made my illustrator make me a print so that i could put the card back in the deck when i was doing readings <laughs> like you know I, i'm doing professional readings for people and i'm like well you get all the cards with this one it's on my altar so, <laughs> so i have a print now so okay um but yeah those would be the the three things okay that's a good choice uh, this one is always my favorite one to ask. Uh, and 
If you could meet any witch in past or present, alive or dead, who would it be? I think it would actually be Marion Weinstein. Um, both from loving her writing and from meeting people who did know her. Mm-hmm. And she was also, she did comedy. You know, she she actually was like somebody, and I love comedy, and she's somebody I would love to sit down over a glass of wine or a cup of tea and just pick her brain and talk to I think she would be really cool company. So yeah, she's, of all the people who I missed, you know, the people who mm-hmm. I wasn't in the community early enough to meet them or I wasn't travel. I don't travel a lot. Most of the folks I've met were out in Pantheacon, out in San, San Jose, back when they had that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My Pantheacon. Um, but yeah, I think her. Okay. All right. Um, do you have a practice that you do every day or most days that you'd like to share? I do actually, I have one that I do every day. It's a two parter. Um, and I, I have written about it in a couple of my books. Um, and it's, I read a book years ago, um, which of course I, I thought about it before we started and I'm like, I should grab that book and look at the cover. But it was, it was a tiny little book. Um, and it was all about creating your own daily practice. And mm-hmm. one of the things that the author whose name escapes me um, said was find the practice that works for you. And mm-hmm. I had been trying really hard to like, I, I really wanted to every night before bed, you know, light a candle at my author uh, altar, talk to the gods. And, you know, I'd be in bed in my pajamas and go, oh crap, I forgot to light the candle, you know, <laughs> or I'd be too tired or whatever. And what I finally realized was that for me, for a daily practice, I needed to do something that did not need me to be standing anywhere doing anything. So I start the day every morning by greeting the gods. Literally, it's the first thing I do after I wake up before I've even gotten out of bed, there's usually cats racing across me as I'm doing this. <laughs> and um, I say, God and goddess, I greet you at the beginning of another day and ask that you send me the best day possible. You know, help me to, you know, have the strength to do the things I need to do and be my best self. And, you know, it's, I go through, you know, a few things like that. And then if there's something in particular that day, Mm-hmm. You know, I'll say, and can you, you know, help me this or, you know, and, um, and, uh, then I ask for, um, uh, you know, to watch, watch over my cats and, um, so to send healing to certain people. And, you know, I always have a list, unfortunately. Right. Um, and, and that, and then I finish up by saying, and please help our country and the world to move in a better direction and watch over me and those that I love. And so that's my morning. And then I get up and go to the bathroom and feed the cats. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening I get into bed and I usually read my book, but when I turn out my light, I say, thank you. Okay. You know, and I start out by saying, God and goddess, you know, I greet you at the end of another day and thank you for the many blessings in my life. And then I usually list specific things and sometimes blessings are mixed. You know, it's like, Thank you for the contractors who are ripping up my driveway. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, I thank them for helping me get through the day, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was a good day or a bad day. 
and you know generally you know for the the people that i love and you know the cats and and that and and then i go to bed and you know i have other things that i do periodically but that's my daily ritual start by asking for help and then end by saying thank you that's great those are that's a beautiful practice i love it i i don't think i've ever had anyone give me anything like that so that's wonderful well, then you never read enough of my books because I'm telling you, it's in a couple of the books. <laughs> you're right. Like, you're right. I must have. I must have said used it in like six books because it is. It is one of those things that not everybody reads all the books, and mm-hmm. so many people have said, "Oh, that really resonates with me," because I was trying to do too much, and uh-huh. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the energy. You know, the sort of follow-up companion book to The Goddess in the Details is Everyday Witchcraft, which I wrote Mm -hmm. a few books after that, which is subtitled, you know, making, this was something like making time for witchcraft in a too busy life or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I had a whole bunch of five minute rituals because sometimes that's all we have. Five minutes when the kids are not yanking you on you or you're not trying to get work done or Mm -hmm. cook dinner or whatever. And although some, some of the rituals are five minute cooking rituals, because if you're going to cook anyway, you might as well put some kitchen magic in there. That's right. That's the way I feel about it. Very important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. We're going to switch it up from books and such. And I want to talk about, do you have a favorite tarot or Oracle deck? Well, mine. <laughs> I kind of have to say mine. Yeah, I have the Everyday Witch Tarot. And then we, did, a couple years later, uh, did the Everyday Witch Oracle. Before that, I've been reading tarot professionally for 25 years or something. And um, I used the Universal Rider Weight. I mean, I'm very, it, it was the one that worked for me. I mean, there mm-hmm. are some beautiful decks like, um, Mystical Cats, Mickey Mueller. I mean, it's the artwork is absolutely stunning. It didn't mm-hmm. work for me to uh, to read with it, but I could just look at the art all day long. Right. She actually right. did the cover and the interior artwork for uh, my second to last book, The Eclectic Witch's Book of Shadows. And oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. But yeah, I did the Everyday Witch uh, Tarot with a illustrator named Elizabeth Alba. Who is not a witch, but is an incredible, incredible illustrator. I feel so blessed. And the deck has been, thankfully, very popular. People love it. We, you know, it's based on the Rider weight, but updated and more accessible. And Mm -hmm. it has a little bit of a sense of humor in it because everything I do has a little bit of a sense of humor in it. Um, And hopefully, you know, the scary cards are not quite as scary, that kind of thing. But yeah, you know, when I when the deck came out, people have said, "Well, are you going to use that to do your readings?" And I hadn't really thought about it, honestly. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess it would look sort of funny if I didn't, you know, if I put out a deck and then still use the rider weight. And it was <laughs> it was a little scary switching to this other deck, but it it works mm-hmm. fine. It's okay. But yeah, so I love that, and I and I really do love the Oracle deck that we did, and we're actually working on my my part of the the current deck is the writing is done she's she has she has to do 78 paintings that's a lot of paintings um yeah i mean it takes a really long time to do that that part of it but we're actually doing a witch's familiar deck and oh it's 
her artwork is stunning and we we took like a couple of months to brainstorm which animals we wanted to use and what they were going to represent and I I cannot wait until this comes out. I mean, she's not even going to be done painting until the end of September. So it'll be another, I think it's August of next year um, is okay. when that's going to come out. But, you know, that one may end up, it may end up being my favorite. That's great. That sounds like a beautiful deck. I'm really excited about that. Well, I'll come back and talk to you when it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. I will. I will gladly have you back on when it comes out. Um, so I know that you've been talking about the god and the goddess. Is, are, do you follow? Are those your main? Well, they are. Goodies. I mean, I am more goddess centric. I mm -hmm. mean, when it, when my group does full moons, we just do goddess. When we do the sabbats, we usually do both. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes call specific names depending on you know, what holiday. Like on in bulk, we'll, we'll call on Bridget. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, on Samhain, we usually call on Hecate and uh, like the Horned God. But often we just say God and Goddess in part because uh, we don't all, we're not all drawn to exactly the right. same deities. Um, and, you know, I think in, in some, some amorphous way, they are all one. Yeah, they are they are separate and yet they are one. That's magic. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Um, but yeah, I am definitely very drawn to the goddess part of witchcraft. I mm -hmm. I grew up Jewish. I mean, I'm still Jewish because if you're born Jewish, you're Jewish. My name right. is Deborah, well, the long biblical way. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the religion part of it never appealed to me. It's if you know, stern father figure, God, blah, blah, blah. Women are second class citizens, sit in the corner. <laughs> um, yeah, cover your head. Uh, so, and, you know, of course it's modernized along with everything else, but right. nonetheless, it really, I mean, there was apparently a goddess in Judaism. They got rid of her so long ago, nobody even knows what her name is anymore. And huh. I find that rude. So... So yeah, for me, when I finally, you know, I, I you know, left Judaism, hung out with the Unitarians for a while, that wasn't quite right, studied Buddhism and Taoism, and that was close, but missing something. And then when I went to my first ritual, and it was God and goddess, I was like, oh, okay, that's what I've been missing. Now I get it. So yeah, for, for me, the, the goddess is an extremely important Heart. And I talk to them both, but if I'm only going to talk to one, it's going to be the <laughs> goddess. And, and, you know, Hecate is very much, you know, somebody that I'm drawn to. I actually just um, got a Kuan Yin uh, statue because it just nice. felt like I felt like I needed to be kind to myself. And she felt like the goddess that would be able to guide me best for that, you know, mm -hmm. because she's all about the whole love thing. Um mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that. Wonderful. I love that. I have a goddess of the light. Nope. That's the priestess of the light. I have a goddess deck. It's not mm -hmm. with me. It's at home. Um, and I love to shuffle and then pull a card and then learn about that goddess because we, a lot of them are like, yeah. I've oh, never yeah. heard no, of we, you know? I have, I have hardly any tarot decks. I have a, a few extras, but I have probably 20 Oracle decks and maybe <laughs> half of them are goddess decks and we actually use them in ritual 
will like pass the cards around the the table and pull one and then say, okay, this is what I, you know, the person I need to connect with now mm -hmm. or take turns telling each other what the card says. And yeah, I, I absolutely love that because there are a lot of goddesses, you know, I mean, I, I have always been drawn to like the Greek, Greek and Romans because I studied that stuff, I, you know, in school, mm -hmm. um, they're the ones I'm familiar with. I, you know, know the Celtic a little bit better. But there are a whole bunch of pantheons that I'm not that familiar with. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of them, you really do feel that pull when you, when you, you know, when you get to know them. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. My daughter uh, follows um, the Greek pantheon the most. Um, Persephone is who she works with the most. Um, well, that makes sense with her age. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, and Loki, she works with Persephone and Loki. Which that is also makes sense with her age in that kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Chaos magic. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I would be a little afraid to work with Loki. My, I got enough chaos as it is. Thank you very much. I know. I tell her, you tell him he stays in your room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I work mostly with Bridget, but <laughs> yeah, and Bridget's another one of those ones that you know I feel very comfortable calling mm -hmm. on her. I mean, she's creativity, she's you know crafting, you know mm -hmm. she's intuition, all of this stuff that you know I I was a jewelry maker for thirty five years. I literally just retired from that. Oh, wow. Um, well, and my day job was um, I started with a friend and was the manager and executive director of an artist cooperative shop with 50 artists. So all about the artists. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah, 23 years. It was, it was wonderful. I, and I finally, a, a little over a year ago, I had to, to make the choice. I couldn't do that. And the writing, it was right. just, and, and yeah, the COVID years were really hard for that job mm -hmm. too. Um, and I, I finally had to say, okay, you know, I love both the things I do. Which one am I going to give up? Maybe the one that's a little bit more stressful. Yeah. So what, what kind of jewelry did you make? Gemstone jewelry because of the rocks. Uh, the right. and I, I did. I sold off most of my supplies. I kept a few. If you go to my, I have an Etsy. And if you go to my Etsy, you can see I have you know, signed books and things and some magical kits and all of that. But I also have some of my jewelry on there. So you can go take a peek. That was why I originally put it on there is because people would say, well, what's your jewelry look like? And I'd go, oh, no, no, it's got some stones in it. A tangly thing. <laughs> so I put it up there and I occasionally sell a piece, which is which is nice. Um, and, you know, I do some magical jewelry and some mm -hmm. just you know, everyday fun things, but yeah, I just, I love the gemstones so much. They make me happy. Playing My father retired from his day job and became a silversmith. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's why I was like, Oh, jewelry. Mm -hmm. huh? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not wearing any of his jewelry right now. I usually am, but today. Yeah. Well, and I'm not wearing any jewelry at all. Cause I'm sitting at home with a bunch of cats and in my sweatpants <laughs> and that's fair. <laughs> I only put on earrings for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And only because they were right here. <laughs> right. Well, and if this were, if this were a video, I would, yeah, I would have the jewelry right. on. I would have the makeup on. Thank goodness yeah. people can't see what I look like today. <laughs> All right. I think you look beautiful. Thank you. Um, 
So we're, well, first of all, it is 4.05 here. So that means it's 5.05 there. It is. It's wine time. (laughs) Uh, But we're at the ready. (laughs) We're at the point in the episode where I would love if you would share a spell ritual or recipe with I can do that. I actually picked out one of my favorite spells that I have ever written. And I told you that I, I put humor in things and you wouldn't think that there could be humor in spells. This is from my everyday, Witch a to Z. Oops, I grabbed the wrong book. This is, I need the a to Z spell book. <laughs> I have too many, a to Z, too many everyday, Witch books is what I have. <laughs> um, it, my everyday, Witch a to Z spell book. I, put in a lot of spells for non-typical things you know i most you know there's the love the prosperity mm-hmm. you know the healing protection all that kind of stuff but in this one i did things like um spells for child protection or childbirth and you know mm-hmm. putting your best foot forward attitude you know all divorce all sorts of things but my favorite spell and this one i wrote i think i had just come back from a convention, a conference. And, you know, there's always that one person who doesn't like leave you alone when you want to be left alone or is mm-hmm. like spends an hour talking your ear off about something which they find fascinating. And you're like, well, this is great, but I have a whole bunch of other people waiting to talk to me. So I wrote the jerk avoidance spell. Oh my gosh, I need this. everybody needs this spell i'm just saying and and you know family gatherings uh you know you go to you know anywhere you go the jerk avoidance spell is good and the thing that makes this funny was i on purpose made it sound sort of like dr seuss who i happen to love so here is the jerk avoidance spell god and goddess i ask your protection from those whose manners could use some correction. Aid me in staying away from those few who act without thinking and don't have a clue. Keep me safe from the ditzy, the irksome, the fools, who can't behave well and won't follow the rules. The clingers, the gabbers, who talk without ceasing, the ignorant ones with opinions far-reaching. Protect me from jerks who will ruin my good day, with a shield of white light that will keep them away. I love that so much. It's probably my favorite spell I have ever written. And, you know, find one person who doesn't need this at some point or another. But it's also so much fun. I mean, yes. it's, you could hear the Dr. Susiness of it, right? Yes. You know? yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, so there's, there's my gift to everybody. Your jerk avoidance spell from the everyday witch A to Z spell book. That's um, wonderful. Yeah. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it, and yeah, there is going to be a time when you need it. But. Well, thank you for sharing that. That, uh, it's definitely going to be in my back pocket. Yeah. Well, and I also, I mean, one of the reasons that I did that is I wanted to show people that even though magic is serious work, it mm-hmm. can also be fun. Reverence yeah. and mirth, reverence and mirth. You know, it's um, it just because you're serious doesn't mean you can't have a good time with it. That's right. That's absolutely right. So would you like to share a card poll today? I can do that. I brought my deck over and um, we'll just see what 
hops out at us here. Okay, that one. Um, ooh, the Queen of Cups. Ooh. Is it? Yeah. I oh, love the, yeah, the, I'm telling you, the artwork in this deck, which I, you know, I have some responsibility for because I said, you know, this is what I want the card to look like. But mm -hmm. people, people ask me, do you do the artwork for your own books? And I'm like, no, nobody wants a stick figure witch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Queen of Cups, all about abundance and and the overflowing of positive emotions, which is a great thing. So I'm going to say that that represents you. You're helping your family. You're, you know, you're here helping me and, you know, giving wisdom to people all around the place. So, yes, no. you are the Queen of Cups. Oh, thank you. Well, that's definitely the nicest thing anything anybody's ever said to me, ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's, that's why everybody invites me onto their podcasts. I'm actually very nice. You, you are very nice. <laughs> Despite what everybody says about me. It actually was really funny. The podcast that I did yesterday with a guy named Lonnie, um, he had one of his ending questions was, if you could have a billboard and say anything at all on it. And he said, this is the hard question. This one stumps everybody. And he said, if you could have a billboard and put anything you wanted on it, what would it be? And, I knew the answer right away. He said, nobody else has ever gone. I said, be nice. That's <laughs> the whole billboard. Be nice. That's Think great. about the That's world great. we live in right now. If everybody would just be nice, it would be a, a very different place. So, yep, that would be my, my billboard is be nice. But, yes, I, I, I am nice. I say nice things. I do nice things. And... Apparently adopt way too many cats. <laughs> well, that's a nice thing to do too. <laughs> um, so do you have any upcoming events or anything that you would like to talk about before we I go? I don't have any events. Um, uh, I have not been traveling. I only just started traveling again last mm -hmm. fall and I did go to, um, a couple of things. Um, I, I went to one fiction convention in February and I don't have anything else scheduled in part because I've decided I'm really not quite comfortable yet with that many people and not because uh -huh. I need the jerk avoidance spell. It's just, I'm just still twitchy. Um, okay. So no events. Um, I do have the book coming out in September. Uh, the Llewellyn's little book of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. Um, and other than that, you know, I'm just like hanging around, writing books, trying to stay out of trouble, you know, posting cat pictures on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as one does. Um, I'm, I'm trying out TikTok, but I haven't really figured it out yet. <laughs> I've been thinking about it, but I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. I literally put up like one video on my birthday a week ago and I have not gone back to do anything else. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to get a lot of cute cat stuff and maybe me reading a jerk avoidance spell. Perhaps I should go on and read the jerk avoidance spell. I so love that. That's a great me. one. Um, what are your, what's your handle on your socials? Is it just well, Deborah Blake? Yeah, I'm, I'm so boring. Yeah. So Twitter, I'm Deborah Blake and that's Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, the long biblical way. 
And on Facebook, I'm Deborah Blake. I do actually have a Deborah Blake author page, but honestly, I tend to forget it exists. They've made it really difficult to do the professional pages because of their. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, on Instagram, I'm Deborah Blake author, and my website, which has links to my everything, is DebraBlakeAuthor.com. Okay. So I, I mean, if you Google Deborah Blake, I'm going to come up. Let's put That's it. That's true. Down. You are the first thing I that comes up. I am the first thing, the second thing, the fifth thing. There's some obscure actress who was in one movie back in the seventies and a singer in a band in California, I think, but mostly it's just me. Um, but yeah, I have an Etsy. I have a Patreon. I, you know, I I'm everywhere, almost everywhere. Um, but yeah, you can find the links to all of them on my website. And there's also links to the books. So you, if you think, mm -hmm. Oh, what was that book she was talking about? You can find that there. And, and you can also say, oh, you know, I, I want to read the blurb on this one to see if I like it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Sneak peeks. Great. Kind of thing. Awesome. Well, I will have all those links uh, in the show notes and also on the resources page on my website. And uh, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. This has been fun. I like yeah. it when I do a podcast and I don't get the same exact questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's especially the podcasts that are not necessarily always witchcraft, you know, mm -hmm. like the paranormal folks who don't really know that much. It's like, if I have to answer the same question 57 <laughs> times, I'm like, I'm boring myself now. And, <laughs> and yeah, you had some really fun questions and, and it, you know, you made me, you made me think, which hurt my head, but it's okay. Well, it's okay. That's, I, I really, really, really... Mind. <laughs> That's right. It'll make it all, all It'll make better. It better. <laughs> all right. Well, I will have you on for sure when your next uh, book comes out and your deck next year. And um, thank you again. Oh, you're very welcome. It was lovely to meet you. Lovely meeting you as well. And I'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. I also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash the hearth and hedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you.